Welcome to the Bookwifery Podcast, a weekly podcast that helps you birth your book, your voice, and your audience through discernment, companionship, and guidance. I'm Christiane Squires, the founder of Bookwifery, and my mission is to help you birth books that heal the world with light. Welcome to the show. Hey, beauties. So welcome to this week's episode of the Bookwifery Podcast. Here on episode 17, we are going to break down what's required and what's discerned when it comes to book pregnancy. And I was thinking about this topic because there's there's some things that go into the book pregnancy process that are just kind of like um, pillars of the process, kind of things that are either expected or necessary for you to move through it. And those kind of are like I don't know if I'd call them rules, but um, like I, I like I've named it, it's kind of like what's required, what what you can expect to be part of this process, and then there's a lot of other things that fall under the category of discernment. And I talk about discernment a lot at Bookwifery. It's number one, my favorite topic probably ever to talk about in life, um, but it's also a real hallmark of the way that I approach my work at Bookwifery with authors that I'm working with and what I seek to offer you here on the podcast is lots of different um, perspectives on the discernment process when it comes to birthing a book. And so I think that I was kind of noticing in my own mind, like, wow, there's some things that I tell the authors that I work with, like, you're going to have to do this, these kinds of things. And then there's a lot of other things that I say to them, you know, this is a discernment question, or this is something to really sit with and notice what you're noticing. And I just thought it could be helpful to kind of break down what goes in the required camp and what goes in the discernment camp. And so I've got a little bit of a juicy episode for you today as we uh, start to break this down. So let's dive in. <clears throat> We're going to talk first about what's required. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think about what's required when you're birthing a book is time. Time is huge. Um, There is a lot of time that's given to planning the book pregnancy, um, kind of starting to learn what's here, what is trying to develop. Um, There's a lot of time that then is given to the actual writing process and um, developing your book proposal materials. There's a lot of time that's also given along the way concurrently to cultivating your audience and continuing to build and establish your platform or strengthen your platform. And there's a lot of time that then also goes into just the publishing part of it, Um, you know, actual production process, or even just finding a publisher, um, going through everything that's required to bring a book to life. So time is a huge hallmark of the book pregnancy experience. And it kind of starts off slow, Um, you start to kind of get your feet wet, but it really builds and builds almost like a snowball (laughs) over time, and it starts to become a bigger and bigger part of your life just as it would if you were birthing a human being into the world. It's like the very beginning, it's there, and there's like all kinds of like, you know, your mind is given to it a lot, but it's only as you get closer and closer to the human coming into the world that it really starts to take over your whole world. And so it's just as kind of... um it's just going to be here. It's going to be part of your life. And so time is a really big hallmark of book pregnancy. Um, the second thing that's required in book pregnancy is having something book worthy to say. So a big question here is, is this what's growing in you really and truly a book? Um, is it is it something that would take up, you know, 
tens upon tens upon tens uh, into the hundreds of pages to break down and talk about with a reader. Um, Or might what is growing inside of you want to be something else? And I take the firm view that there is nothing wrong with what's growing inside you wanting to be something else. It's really, uh, this will get into the discernment question, but it's really about what is what is it that's growing inside of you and what is the best avenue for that? And so um, under the required kind of umbrella, in order for it to be book pregnancy, what is growing inside of you needs to be worthy of going into and filling out a full book worth of things to say. So this is about kind of getting clear on, um, is this a large enough message with many layers to unpack and kind of unravel for the reader that, that kind of requires a full thrust of a book to communicate it? And wanting it to be packaged in one place that has like a singular message that, again, like I said, has many layers that you can unpack and unpack and unpack. Um, But actually, on that piece about might it want to be something else, um, I will say that this is also part of it if you are you know, birthing a book, there, there's the book itself, but then there's all the things that go around the book, particularly related to um, cultivating and developing your audience. And so there's all these other ways that you are connecting with your audience uh, next to the book itself, um, before the book ever comes along, for sure. And then once the book is in the world, and so you're thinking about other ways that what you have to say want to exist in the world. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in this episode. But um, I guess I would, what I would say is that if you are pregnant with a book, you definitely have some need to have something book worthy to say, but then you'll also be making use of other ways of saying the things that you're, <laughs> that you have to say, or other ways of um, giving some angles on it or connecting with people around it. And so, you know, the real thrust here is, um, but do you at least have that book worthy idea in you? Something that is, that's large and, and has a lot of layers that can be peeled back and peeled back and peeled back in a book. The third thing that's required, um, for book pregnancy is an existing platform and, or credentials and, or experience that demonstrates your authority to be the one to write this book. So again, um, just to be clear, um, when I, everything that I talk about in this podcast um, as a whole and what I do at Bookwifery is geared toward gen- the general nonfiction category. So these are books that are aiming to help readers in a in some direct way in all the different kinds of topics. And so um when you are bringing general nonfiction books into the world, authority, your authority to write the book is really an important pillar. And so it's about, um, you know, an existing platform that you already have, places where people have imbued you with trust and, um, you know, authority to speak on the topic that you are writing about. So you have, you have an existing platform, places where you have been demonstrating your knowledge, your, um, your experience with your expertise with um, this topic. So that's the existing platform and or credentials. So it could be you have specific training, um, you have some letters after your name that qualify you to speak on this topic, um, deep research that you've done, um, or life experience that brings you, um, you know, enough authority to know what you're talking about. And so this would be um, ways in which you might have um, 
lived through something or developed a process on your own that um, that you've learned is really helpful for a specific problem that you face that you know other people face that, that can be helpful. So I'm thinking here about um, connected with uh, someone recently who has um, a particular food allergy and she looked and looked and looked for help for herself in coping with this food allergy over many years and just couldn't find a lot of material out there. And so she had to kind of find her own way to live with this food allergy. And now she's in a place where she's like, there is so much that I can pass on to other people who have the same food allergy that would be of help. And so this is where someone's life experience is giving them something that can be of help and service to other people. So, um, so this third pillar is you have either an existing platform, places where you're teaching, places where you're writing, places where you're being invited to present, um, and or credentials, and that's where it's like training, expertise, letters after your name, and or experience that all any of which demonstrate your authority to speak on the topic that you are going to be writing about in this book that has, you know, a book worthy thrust to it. Okay. All right. Number four is an audience that evidences engagement, access and trust. So I think of audience as a little bit different than platform. So platform, I think of as being um, places where you've been invited to share your expertise by other people. So it might be um, people have like, People have invited you to speak. People have invited you to teach. People have invited you to write um, articles for publication. All of these things kind of bolster your platform and saying, like, I have been in these other places that others have asked me to be. Um, audience is more about people who are coming to you directly because they want to engage with you. And so these tend to be places that you're cultivating yourself. So it might be um, thing. Um, you know, your Instagram account, your Facebook page, uh, your newsletter list, your blog, um, your YouTube account, your Twitter feed. These are um, places where people are choosing to show up where you're showing up and following along to learn from you, to engage with you, um, to just have access to you on a more regular basis. And so, this piece is required for book pregnancy as well, because whether or not you are self-publishing or traditional publishing, there needs to be an audience there. So a traditional publisher is going to be looking at your platform, you know, what gives you the authority to write the book, what evidence is your authority, but they're also going to be looking at your reach with your existing audience. And so part of book pregnancy is continuing to cultivate that audience. How are you reaching people? And if you are self-publishing, um, it's not that the publisher is going to be requiring you to have an audience, but you yourself are going to be needing that for yourself in order to bring the book into the world and have it actually meet people that want to buy the book, you will have wanted to do all of those same kinds of activities in order for people to actually buy the thing that you are putting all of your resources into producing. So pillar number four or hallmark number four of what's required is an audience that is engaging with you, that is having access to you, that is um, demonstrating that they trust you, they want to, they want to connect with you and what you're bringing into the world. Okay, fifth pillar of what's required in book pregnancy is actual writing. <laughs> um, and so this is where it's like, I, I like to go back to some of the discernment that goes into whether you are in fact pregnant with a book is one of the questions I like to ask is um, how 
much do you actually enjoy writing? Because bringing a book into the world means necessarily that you will be doing a lot of writing. And so um, actual writing is part of what's required to bring a book into the world. It's kind of, it's the nature of the thing, right? It's words that come out of you and are put onto pa- the page. So actual writing is is required. <laughs> Just stating the obvious here, folks. Um, and then number six is a publishing path. A publishing path is required. And this kind of gets, we'll get into a little bit of the discernment piece of this in a minute, but in terms of just it being required, in order to bring a book into the world, there needs to be a mechanism by which that book is actually brought into the world, the actual delivery of it. And so that will be either a traditional publisher um, self-publishing that you choose to do, um, and the self-publishing form can take, you know, printed or even an ebook form. But there's something that you are doing with the book that actually puts it into a packaged format, and that is an, a requirement of book pregnancy is that there be some kind of form that the book eventually takes in the world. Um, so something that brings it to birth, brings it to life eventually. And there's all kinds of things that are part of that, that are kind of required underneath the publishing path. You know, it could be a book proposal. It could be um, working with an editor, um, having actual production process, you know, cover design, typesetting, all these kinds of things that go into that. But kind of overarching that pillar is, you know, that there is a publishing path that comes into play here. So named here six things that are required for the publishing path for the book pregnancy. One is time. The second is having something book worthy to say. The third is having an existing platform, credentials, or experience that demonstrate your authority. The fourth is having an audience that evidences engagement, access, and trust. The fifth is having actual writing done. And the sixth is having a publishing path. So there's a lot there. And um, one additional note I'll make for you here is that if you want to hear a little bit more about some of these, I encourage you to go back and listen to episode three of the podcast where we talk about kind of, I think, four factors that are necessary to considering bringing a book into the world. And some of these are covered a little bit more in depth there. Um, But now let's go ahead and shift over to the actual discernment questions. Like how does discernment show up in the midst of all these things that are required to bring a book into the world? So the first place I like to start with this is, are you pregnant with a book? You know, it's that initial pregnancy test. Is there a book here? Um, Talked a little bit about that already with, you know, having something book worthy to say. Um, But in some of these things I already named about, you know, is there a platform? Is there the potential for an audience? Do you have the time to do this? All of these go into the discernment um, of even answering the question at the beginning of whether you are pregnant with a book. So I'd love for you, if you haven't already, to go back and listen to the segments in the podcast that I've already produced that help you kind of walk through this, am I pregnant with a book question? There's a free discernment guide um, that is um, nine questions that help you find book clarity. You can print it out. I think it's like nine page, maybe it's 14 pages, um, printed out. It's like a workbook. Um, and I'll put the link for that in the show notes. Um, if you go to bookwifery.com slash podcast and you navigate over to episode 17, which is what you're listening to right now, you'll find links for all the things that I'm mentioning here about past episodes and the discernment guide and other different ways that you can, um, kind of go deeper into some of this, but 
You'll find on the show notes the link to get the free discernment guide that is like a workbook. You can print it out. You can answer these nine questions that help you get started on, you know, finding the book clarity. Are you pregnant with the book? And then listening to episodes two and three of the podcast. So episode two of the podcast takes you into each of those nine questions and unpacks them, helps you interpret your responses to them. It's kind of like a little bit of a an audio guide to filling out that written, printed discernment guide. And then episode three, which I already mentioned, is like these four factors to consider before you actually birth a book. So those are, you know, those are three resources that can help you answer that first discernment question about whether you're pregnant with a book. There's the discernment guide, episode two, and episode three. And then a fourth thing I'll mention here is that I am making, continuing to make available discernment sessions, which are one-on-one sessions with me, where we go deeper into your your question of book pregnancy. And um, I started offering these in August and really enjoyed my experience of working with people through this question, people getting more and more clarity, getting more surety. Um, And so if you find that you would love to have some one-on-one time with me to work through your book pregnancy question, I'll put the link for that in the show notes as well. And you can, you know, get access to my calendar and book a session if that sounds like a good fit for you. Okay. So first question of discernment that happens in book pregnancy is, am I pregnant with a book? So that's number one. Number two is, where you will actually find the time for your book pregnancy. And so time is a requirement, but then there's the question of how you will actually find that time. And I would say that is the discernment piece of it. So, you know, I encourage you to be thinking about things like um, what are the essential commitments in my life, things that are just here and um, non-negotiable. They are a part of my life and they can't change. And then what are the things in my life that I either are less essential commitments or could shift in some way? So there's some things in our lives that are just set and we can't change them. And then there's other things in our life that are either lesser commitments that we can let go of for a season, like the season of bringing a book into the world, which is probably a two to three year process, um, or can just shift and take up less room or move to a different space. Um, so, so really looking at your life, it's kind of a life inventory. Once you discern you are, you may be pregnant with a book or you are pregnant with a book, it's where am I going to have room to bring this book to life and starting to get real with what's going on in your world and what, where can the room be made? So what needs to shift, um, what maybe conversations need to happen either with, um, your life partner or your, you know, children or, um, work partners, um, people that you're committed to in other places, you know, do you need to have some conversations? Um, what, what are those conversations that might need to happen in order to make room for this? Um, maybe even considering what kind of support you need. How what does support look like for you? Um, how is that necessary? What are you what are you needing that to look like? So this is a discernment question. Um, this is where you're you're kind of making some decisions about how your life will now look to make room for this new being this new entity that you are going to be bringing to life over the next couple of years. Um, okay. Number three, in terms of discernment, um, is the question, what is the thrust of your message? So under the required category, we talked about having something book worthy to say, um, under the discernment category related to that is what is that the thrust of that message that you have to say? So first thing I'll say is that we talked 
kind of more in depth about this on episode 13 of the podcast where it was like, do you need to know the idea for your book when you're getting started? How much do you need to know when you're getting started? How does the knowledge of your book's idea develop over time? So if you haven't heard that, go back to episode 13. It's a great place to kind of get clear on how the discernment about your book idea does unfold over time. Um, so there's kind of a, a distinction I want to make here. One in the required category is this knowing that you have something book worthy to say. There's something really big inside of you. You know that it has a lot of layers. You know that it could easily fill a book um, or you, you're pretty sure that it could. Um, but it's not until you're in book pregnancy, this, the process itself, that you start to get really clear on what that message really is, like distilling it down. That, that unfolds over time and is really an ongoing process of discernment. So again, episode 13 unpacks that quite a bit, but some of the things that you will be paying attention to in book pregnancy that help you get clearer and clearer on this is um, you're doing things like paying attention to your life's work. What has your life life's work been swirling around? What is kind of the area in which you have grown your expertise, your authority. Um, what most deeply matters to you? What would you go to the mat for in your life? What are the things that you're like, mm, these are deep-seated values. This is really important to me. It's important that others um, know about this, care about this. I, I, I would die for this idea. I don't know. That's a little extreme to say. But, you know, for some people, it really feels that deep, that deeply um, convicted. Um Questions of how do you want to be of service in the world? How do you um, understand the light that is yours to bear in this world? Um, what is it that you're wanting to hold out for others to see by? Um, and also, you know, what is it that you actually have to say? Whether it's looking back at existing content that you've written elsewhere, um, places where you have taught material or um, considering a lot of different prompts that can help pull out of you what you know or what you believe. And so, you know, I'll just say this is um, this is something that we go really in depth into in the first trimester of book pregnancy in the courses that I offer, um, really kind of pulling out of you all the different things that you know, that you believe, that you um, can lead others into. Um, it's a real process of like just dumping all the different ideas out and then starting to sift through it and see what's here. All of that helps you get clearer and clearer over time on what it is that you are really trying to say with your books. So what is that thrust of your message? So again, I kind of view that as a discernment, an unfolding discernment that happens over time, but you start the book pregnancy um, knowing that there's something there that, that is big enough and deep enough for, for a book. Okay. Fourth pillar of discernment in book pregnancy is um, one that I love a lot, which is the intentional cultivation of your platform and your audience. So um, I talk a lot about the three tiers of book pregnancy being your book, your voice, and your audience. And um, I talk about those as three tiers. It's the tagline for this company, you know, Bookwifery is your book, your voice, your audience, because those three tiers are really simultaneously a part of the process of book pregnancy. And so that audience piece, your audience, is something that you are doing all the way along. Um, you may have been doing it before you came to book pregnancy, or maybe it was you're more focused on that platform 
development. Um, and, but at, in any case, at some point, <laughs> cultivating your audience, being intentional about that needs to be a part of the process. Um, and I, so I listed that under one of the requirement pillars is that you have an audience that is engaging with you, that has access to you, that trusts you. Um, and you also have that platform that evidences your authority to talk about what it is that you're teaching. Um, but the discernment piece of that is then how are you going to go about doing that? Um, throughout your book pregnancy or ongoing through your book pregnancy and beyond. So I love talking about this because there are so many options available to you of how you can be continuing to establish your platform, your authority, um, beginning to or continuing to engage your audience, um, starting to develop a relationship there, starting to have a voice uh, or or strengthening your voice or um, broadening your voice in the conversation space, um, deepening your um others a sense of authority in you um, to talk about this that you have to talk about. So I love this because it is such a deep, deep, deep discernment question in the process. It's about looking at all of the many options that are available. And there really are, I mean, untold numbers of options. Um, I can name a bunch for you and I will in a moment, but just know that what I name is, you know, just, just a sampling. There's, there's things that haven't even happened yet that you might come up with that you want to try. And like, there's no end to the creativity you can bring to how you continue to establish your platform, strengthen your platform and cultivate your connection with your audience. So it can be things like speaking. It it could be things like leading retreats. You might write articles for print you know, media or online media, you might have a YouTube channel where you do videos and talk directly to your audience. You could decide to do a podcast like this, um, where you're teaching about your topic. Um, you might connect with folks directly on Instagram or Facebook. Um, you might decide to have a Twitter account. Um, so there's like, that's just like what, seven or eight things that I named right there. There's like all these different options. And one response to that is to get really overwhelmed. Like, oh my gosh, there's so many things I need to be doing or think I need to be doing. And I just want to, you know, tell you like, you don't have to do all those things. What's exciting is that there's a lot of things you could do. And now you get to begin the process of like discerning and sifting and trying to get clear on what makes the most sense for you and for your audience for you to meet. So I love these conversations because it's about getting clear on the the places that you shine or have the potential to shine, the things that bring you alive. Do you love to teach? Do you love to speak? You know, if you, if you, if you um, love to stand up in front of an audience in live time and like teach about a topic and then do Q and A, like I would want you to be thinking about what kinds of things could you be doing that with? Like what topics would you want to be talking about? Where might you be talking about that? Who could you reach out to to start establishing some opportunities for you to do that? And I would want you to be like running towards that if that really brings you alive and you know that's where you shine rather than I need to sit and I need to like write a blog because, you know, blogs are where it's at. I mean, (laughs) blogs are one place it's at, but if you really shine in speaking and teaching, like in live time in front of a a real audience and engaging with Q and a at the end, like that should be the place that you're starting to cultivate your, um, 
your connection with an audience and your sense of authority and your platform of like, I've been invited to speak in these different places. And so it's, it's really about, you know, starting a conversation with yourself about what is it, where are the, what are the vehicles or the mediums that would really be great, great channels for you to show up and shine in the ways that you are gifted or equipped to do, really enjoy doing what would be fun for you. <laughs> it doesn't have to be drudgery. I would love for it not to be drudgery for you. So there's that's that's a piece is like getting clear on all of that. Like how do you best express yourself? What would be fun for you? Where would you enjoy showing up? What would you enjoy doing? Um, where are your gifts most prominently on display? And then also thinking then a second piece of that conversation is, you know, where is your audience showing up? Where are they going to find their information? What do they really value about learn how as they learn about this this content that you you have to to share? Um, what are ways that they can get connected more deeply with this conversation that you are that you are a part of or that you're starting? Um, how can the two of you meet in a common ground between what? You, what is your best way of communicating and meeting them and their um, preferred ways or um, interested ways of showing up to learn about that and engage with that. So it's about find that's the discernment piece is like, you've got the two questions of like you and them. And then it's about kind of finding where is that common ground between you or what, where, how might common ground be created? I love these conversations because again, it's like the infinite reality of you and the infinite reality of your audience and the infinite reality of what's possible and how creative you can be to cultivate a way forward that makes sense for you and for your way of meeting with your audience. So it's such a fun question and there's no like standard way of doing this. There's, there's suggested ways, but you know, anything that you do because you feel like you have to do it is going to probably show in the energy that you bring to that thing that you're doing. And so what I would prefer you be doing is figuring out what would really enliven you, what would help you shine, what would be fun for you. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's a piece of the discernment is that intentional cultivation of your audience and strengthening of your platform and your authority. And then the last thing I'll say about the discernment pillars um, is the publishing path itself. So um, obviously I, I, I shared that publishing a publishing path is required in order to bring a book into the world by necessity, but the actual path that you choose is a question for discernment. So um, choosing whether to go self-publishing or traditional publishing, just so you know, I feel completely neutral on either. I don't ha I, I see cases where self-publishing makes so much sense and can be really um valuable for the author to do. And other times where traditional publishing is like knocking it out of the park. It's like, oh, it's it's such a it's such a good fit. So, I don't have a I'm not biased either way. It's really about again discerning which is the right path for you. And we'll do I'll do a separate episode at some point where we talk kind of break that down, what are the kinds of questions you need to be thinking about for that, but 
But just know that this is a discernment question. So publishing itself is a requirement (laughs) in order to bring a book in the world. But the actual path that you choose is a discernment question. So self-publishing or traditional publishing, um, you know, questions of resources, um, you know, what resources do you have to give to, do you have the resources for self-publishing that are required? Um, Thinking about the plan and, you know, do you know... um, for instance, things like how you're going to bring the book into the world, like actually launching or delivering, um, the celebration that comes with that, the involvement of other people, um, all of that is like discernment of like what makes the most sense, what would be most exciting, um, you know, how would your audience respond to one idea over another? So all of these are things that along the way you start to kind of spend some time really sitting with and noticing and paying attention to and making decisions about. So what I think is probably clear by now to you (laughs) and became clear to me as I was um, planning out this episode is that there's a lot of overlap between what's required and what's discerned. And usually what it is, is There are requirements to the book pregnancy experience, but the way that you move into those requirements is the discernment piece. So time is required, but discerning how you, how you find that time and where you make that space is discerned. Um, An audience and a platform is required, but discerning your way into where are you going to cultivate that audience? How will you go about it? What, what are the things that make the most sense for the the strengthening of your platform that all of that is discernment. Um, a publishing path is required, but which publishing path you choose is discerned. Um, yeah, having something book worthy to say is a requirement of book pregnancy, but what that thrust of that message is, how you actually clarify what it is that you're saying in that book is discerned over time. So I hope you can see that there's like, they go hand in hand, what's required and then how you go about what's required is, you know, how discernment and the requirements work together, um, which I think is kind of cool. I, I think that's why I I have, <laughs> I even had to, to kind of tease this out to do this episode because I'm like, you know, there's certain things I teach that are required for this process, but then I'm off also often saying, you know, this is a discernment question. And the reason why I'm kind of, straddling both of those is because it's true that what's required is there, but, but usually those things that are required then have to be discerned. So I hope that makes sense. And I hope it's encouraging. And I also ultimately just hope that it intrigues you and draws you deeper into the process. Um, I would love to continue to be a part of these conversations around discernment and, and what's required with you. Um, as you go along listening to this podcast, I want you to know you're always welcome to share with me your questions or things that you'd love me to unpack a bit more. You're welcome to connect with me on Instagram, Christiane underscore bookwifery. You can send me a direct message there, but also on the show notes page for the podcast for this episode, I, um, will include a link where you can submit a question, um, just directly to me um, through a contact questionnaire form. Um, if you have a question about the podcast and want to go deeper, want me to go deeper into something or just answer you privately about something, I'll put a link there on the show notes page for you to submit your questions. So bookwifery.com slash podcast, navigate over to episode 17 and you'll find that option there. So thanks so much for being here. I hope that this has been helpful to you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bookwifery podcast. 
Show notes for each episode can be found at bookwifery.com slash podcast. I'd love to connect with you beyond the show. You can subscribe to my birth notes newsletter at bookwifery.com slash notes, where I share further details behind each week's episode, plus updates on all things bookwifery. My favorite place to hang out online is Instagram. You can find me at Christiane underscore bookwifery or by searching bookwifery in the explore tab. And lastly, don't you just love this music? It's called Lights Dissolve and is produced by a musician named Elliot Middleton. Thanks again for listening.